You've tuned into our last episode of our You've Asked For It series with Pastor Curtis. Today, he answers the question, is prayer really important if God is omnipresent, and why doesn't he always answer them? Thanks for tuning in to Discover Church, and we hope to see you next Sunday at 10 a.m. Good morning, everyone. Oh, come on. It's 50 degrees out. You can do better than that. Good morning. Woo, that, uh, that makes you feel a little brisk out sometimes, doesn't it? When you walk out there and you just, you remember not that long ago, it was 80 and you were sweating. So you just, it's nice how you get that total role reversal happening here. Well, it is so wonderful to see you. Uh, if this is your very first time here at Discover Church, I want to thank you so much uh, for being here this morning. My name is Curtis Jones. I, with my wife Amy and our amazing, absolutely extraordinary team of Go Team members, helped to lead. Discover Church, uh, and we uh, are, are so excited that you're here today. And uh, today we are getting ready uh, to finish uh, the You Asked For It series this morning. But before I do that, I want, if maybe you might know this young lady, but I want to introduce you to somebody. Hannah, come here for just a split second. Uh, this is uh, Miss Hannah Slakem. And Hannah, uh, you've put up with me for quite a while, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you still love me just as much, don't you? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Everybody's here. Uh, well, Miss Hannah here is a senior at Delmarva Christian High School. And uh, apart from the fact that she helps to play keys and she's also talented on the acoustic. And do you play the accordion? You're still learning the accordion? Okay. Well, she doesn't play that, but she plays lots of other stuff. She does an amazing job, and it's her senior year at Delmarva Christian, and one of the things that is, she's going to be doing is getting ready here at, as soon as the new year rolls around to go on a missions trip. You want to tell them a little bit about it? Um, okay, so I'll be going to Jamaica. Um, this will be my third year going, but um, it's just like really touching to me to go there every year. Um, it's we go and we do mission work. Uh, we'll do go to schools and like talk about God, do skits, do worship. Uh, we'll give them supplies that they need. We'll also help build new houses for people. So it's just like a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. Now, I, the reason that I wanted you to know this and kind of get you to see her and meet her, because if you haven't had a chance to talk to her, I encourage you to do so before you leave today. But also, if you would be willing, because obviously, how many of you know you don't go to Jamaica for free, okay? So you got to get there. So we are wanting to help sponsor her and to help support her along her way, because I'm super proud of the fact that she's willing to go and that she's uh, taking time to, to do that and to, to be a blessing to other people. And if you would like to help bless or two. It doesn't matter whether it's five, twenty-five, or if you want to just write the whole daggone thing off. Sure, we'll take it. But that way you're going to help continue to support. And guess what? You're going to bless her. And then in also in blessing her, you're going to help the people where she's going to be going. So we're super proud. Give her a clap uh, because show her some love for all that she does. Thank you, Miss Hannah. Thank you so much for all that you do. And uh, I am also super excited. So this is the last week of You Asked For It. But I want to really, really encourage you uh, to make sure that you can be here for our next series, okay? Our next series kicks off next week, and it is called Legacy. How many of you would fully admit that you would love to have a good, positive legacy long after you're dead and gone, right? Wouldn't we like that? We would all love that probably, right? So, but how do we do that? We're going to take a look at some very practical 
practical things. Uh, we're going to look at the spiritual side. We're also going to look at the physical side of how we as Christians, according to Scripture, can leave a legacy that is going to last. It's going to last beyond you. It's going to last beyond me. It's going to be really great. Please make sure that you take time to do that. Also, towards the end of that series, I have a special guest coming in to join me on our last week of the series that is a financial advisor. She's a Christian and she's a financial advisor and she is going to help to lay out some things, some very practical steps that we as Christians can do and how to build, how to start that legacy if you haven't done it. And if you are in the middle of that, maybe you think that you kind of already have a plan to make sure that you're still on the right path and if there's anything that you can do. So we're going to be uh, super excited that that's going to happen for the legacy series starting next week. But for our You Asked For It, which is this week, we are getting ready to answer a really, really great question, which thank you. If you submitted questions, by the way, for this series, thank you so much that you did that because I love to know what your thoughts are and what your questions are. What are the things that God has been kind of dealing with you and how do you handle that? So this week, though, was a really great question of prayer, of why do we pray? Why should we pray? And I love the the kind of the even the further beyond this, right, was if God is omnipotent, which we believe he is, right? God is omnipotent. He knows everything. He's everywhere. He, he's all-powerful, right? If he does, if he's already knowing and all-powerful, then can we change his mind? And what's the point in praying if he already knows everything? So we're going to kind of deal with that this morning, and we're going to kind of jump in. Uh, if you're taking notes, uh, you might want to uh, write some of these scriptures down this week, because uh, I have, again, I have quite a few scriptures for you. I love to use uh, quite a few scriptures to make sure that you're getting it. So if you have a pen and pencil, or if you've got your uh, your phone out and you've got the Bible app open, you can highlight this and save this in there so you can read this week along and you can continue this study. But so how many of us would admit you would say, yes, I, I recognize that I am supposed to pray as, as a Christian. Okay. Yeah. All right. Almost all of us, almost all of us uh, will admit that, right? We, we kind of know we should often I think we don't, you know, maybe sometimes we get bored or we feel distracted or we feel disconnected. Sometimes I think guilt can play a factor in this and, and we feel guilty about something. So we don't want to pray to God and we don't want to open up about it. Uh, you, you know, and, and sometimes when we think of prayer, I think we often think of uh, things in our mind that stir images of like, you know, we got to be part of a prayer group. Uh, we got to hold hands in a circle and, you know, you got to have that sweaty palm of somebody. Don't you hate the sweaty palm? I hate the sweaty palm. But you know, we all have to like hold hands in, in a circle, right? In order to, to have an effective prayer. But uh, you know, this is something even in my own life that I'll be totally honest with you. I struggle. I, I never feel like I spend enough time in prayer. I never feel like I'm doing it right. I never feel like it, I, my words are adequate, you know? And yes, there's been times I've been bored. I've been to prayer meetings with other pastors and fallen asleep, okay? I That's full disclosure this morning, okay? But guess what? That doesn't stop me from trying. And, and, and I want to give you a couple pointers and some scripture this morning that maybe this is something you've struggled with in prayer and you don't understand prayer and you don't understand why we should do it. 
and and you want to know a little bit deeper about kind of the background of it and why. Uh, and and sometimes we also have prayers that don't get answered, right? And we feel like we maybe made a mistake or that God made a mistake, and we we get confused about that. But I, I want to talk to you first, really quickly, about two what I think are big kind of prayer mistakes that we make. Okay, two big prayer mistakes. And the first one is this. I think many times as our prayer mistake as a prayer mistake is that our prayers are too small. Now, I don't mean when I say our prayers are too small. I have a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Enrique, who pastors uh, the Iglesia de Dios in Dagsboro. And it, one of the things I love about Pastor Enrique is he likes to eat. He's my kind of guy because I like to eat too. So one of my favorite things to be around Pastor Enrique is if we're going to be eating soon, uh, Pastor Enrique has a wonderful short prayer for food. Lord, bless his food. Let it nourish our body. Amen. And when he does it in Spanish, it's even faster. I love it. And we get to go right in, right? So when I say that our prayers are too small, I'm not necessarily saying that they're too short. I'm saying that they're too small in the fact that what we're asking for is too generic. We oftentimes, we say things like, oh Lord, we pray that we can have a, a wonderful day today. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? What, what does it mean when, when we pray such small things? We, Lord, Lord, let's pray that my car starts. Well, if your car only starts up about 25% of the time, probably that's a big prayer for you. But if it starts up 99.9% .9 of the time, guess what? That's not a big prayer. It's a small prayer. It's something very small. And I hinted at the second one, which is this, that uh, one of our next mistakes that we make many times is that our prayers are too general. We make very general, generic prayers, and we think that, Lord, you're going to bless me, uh, be with me, help me, in Jesus' name, amen. And this is something that, uh, my, as my phone's going off up here, that's, that's good, right? Uh, that This is something that we deal with in the Jones household. Uh, actually, this is something with my daughter I've kind of had to kind of work through our family is that we were using the same exact language and the same verbiage every single night when we would pray together as a family, and it was starting to drive me nuts. It was starting to drive me insane. Like, uh, some, one of my, my daughter had tendency where sometimes she wouldn't even necessarily finish the whole word. Like, she's just skimming words through the prayer. And, and I'm like, this is not how we should pray, okay? And this is, again, this is something we deal with in my own house. This is something that happens in me. So if this is happening in you or in your life or in your family, don't stress because you're not alone in this. But I really think that many times when we have these small and general prayers that they don't really move God and call God into action. General prayers don't actually call God in to do anything. Because guess what? Praying for us to have a good day, what does that mean? That's subjective. You can have a good day or a bad day all on your own, and God really doesn't have anything to do with that. God, we thank you, uh, you know, for everything. Lord, let the sun come up. Well, hopefully he's going to have that sun come up anyway. You don't need to pray for that. He's already set that in motion. So the thing is, though, is when we take the opportunity to pray in a very specific way, where we really kind of drill down and really ask God, and we really seek him for 
knowledge, for advice, for, uh, for, for direction in our life, I really think that uh, allowing it to be specific and, and, and really kind of drill in on that is huge. And, and here's the other thing that I, I want to encourage you with today is that when you pray, it, prayers don't have to happen when we're standing. You have to stand still and close your eyes and fold your hands and you have to stand. Listen, prayer is one of the amazing things because it's like your cell phone. You can take it with you everywhere you go. You have a constant line and you have a constant contact to be able to reach out and talk to God. And listen, here's a, a you probably didn't know this. You don't have to close your eyes to pray. So, you know, this is, you know, this is one of those things where some people have been taught a certain thing their whole life and they think that that prayer has to be this one thing all the time, and that's not it. Prayer is simply allowing ourselves to communicate with God, and it doesn't matter. One of the times I really need some prayer and that I, I really spend time in prayer is when I'm driving so that I don't lose my mind with people that want to drive stupid around me, right? I don't know if you've ever had that too. But listen, when you allow yourself, I want to encourage you tomorrow, if you've got to get up and you go to work, when you get in the car, Either don't put music on, or if you do, put some worship music on, and just take the first 10 minutes and pray to God. Allow God to, to reveal to you things. Think of the people in your life that need a touch from Him. Maybe there's people in your life that need healing. Maybe there's people in your life that you know are struggling with things. Call them out specifically. Specifically name them and the issue. And Even if you might not know everything, but specifically call the person out and, and, and allow God to know that you are petitioning on these people's behalf. Because when we do that, I, I think it really... It, it drives God to a specific thing for us. It, it allows Him to know that our will and His will are coming into alignment. The first scripture I want to read to you today is out of the book of Ephesians. Out of the book of Ephesians in chapter 3. And this is, uh, we're going to read a little bit out of Ephesians here, the third chapter. But we're going to start in verse 16. And in verse 16, Ephesians 3 says this. It says, I pray... That out of his glorious riches, can you say glorious riches for me? His glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit to what? To your inner being. He says in verse 17, it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I want to let you know that you serve a God with glorious riches this morning. It says in Philippians 4 that he will supply all your needs through what? Through his glorious riches. You serve a very, very rich God. And he does this what? So that you can drive a fancy nice car? No, but it's to strengthen your inner being and that you can have faith. And then as we, we continue on, we're going to continue on here in 17 in just a second. But I, I want to let you know one of the things I think is so important for us to understand about prayer is that we serve a, a very rich father. We serve someone that is very rich that owns everything, but yet sometimes we live like the poorest children from the poorest communities in the poorest parts of the world. That is not how he's called us to live. Spiritually, he's not called you to be spiritually poor when he has glorious riches for you. And listen, 
if you, I don't think anybody won the one point something billion mega million jackpot, whatever that's called. You know, I don't know. You put money in, I think you get numbers out, and nobody won that. Listen, if you if you didn't get that today, I'm not talking like you need to go to the to the store today and you can buy your ticket for whatever the next time is, and you say, Lord, according to your glorious riches, you're gonna give me some of these glorious riches. That's not what I'm talking about. What we're talking about is the fact that he has the ability to bless us in ways that we do not understand. And it continues on in 17 here. And it says this, it says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. It says to grasp how wide, how long and how high how deep is the love of Christ? And to know this love, it does what? It surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. One of the things that I love about this portion of scripture, I love the fact that we see here his love surpasses knowledge. It's one of those ones where we just don't, there's no way for us to naturally understand his love because his love is so amazing. It's a supernatural thing. It's something supernaturally that happens. And I, I heard a great quote that, um, Somebody asked Louis Armstrong, who's the, the famous jazz trumpeter, right? He, he's a, everybody loves Louis Armstrong and his voice. He had an awesome voice when you got to hear him play and sing. But he says, can they, somebody asked him, can you explain jazz? And he says, man, if you've got to explain it, you ain't got it. He says, if I got to explain it to you, then guess what? You just do not get it. You do not understand what it is. And that is so much exactly the same way that God's love and through prayer that happens is his love. He has so much riches and glorious love for each and every one of us that, that th there's no way that we could adequately explain it because he just has to, he, he comes in and he fills and he does things in our lives that there's many times there, there's stuff that happens in my life when God just shows up. I don't even have words for. I don't even, I can't adequately describe. The only thing I can do is thank him and praise him and give him glory through everything that he does. If that explains some for you, maybe if why you've struggled trying to understand what is prayer and, and, and really the functionality behind it, I, I want to challenge you that if you don't know God's love, it's going to feel hard for you to have the prayer life. And the only reason is this, is because prayer is just simple communication between you and God. So if you have a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, whatever, right? If you don't feel the love there, it's hard for you to want to communicate with them, isn't it? When you're, when you're, you're when you, when you don't feel the love, maybe you, you feel distant, you feel disconnected, or you frustrated, you've had a, a fight because you, your, your husband keeps leaving his clothes all over the house and you've told him for like the 500th time to not to do that. That doesn't happen to my house, by the way, because I keep all my stuff right, okay, because my wife, I know how she is. 
But for us, it's one of those, it's the same way though. When we have those relationships, when we have those times where, where we feel disconnected, guess what? It's hard to talk to that person, isn't it? It's hard to have that communication. That's what happens in prayer. When we understand the love and the fullness and, and how much God wants for us, it becomes easier to us to pray and communicate. And sometimes we have to push through that because listen, if you feel a disconnect from God, I hate to say this, but it isn't God's fault. Because it literally says in Scripture that He's everywhere with us at all times. He's ever-present in your time of need. He's with you every single step of the way. He's sitting in the car with you as you're going to work. He's sitting right there with you at work no matter what you're doing. He's always there with you. You say, okay, Curtis, I get it. We're supposed to pray and we got to know God's love in order to really do that. But I don't understand because sometimes I pray and God doesn't answer my prayer. Well, listen, if that's ever happened to you, you're not alone. Uh, I actually uh, have a lot of very unanswered prayers that some of them I'll share with you here in a second. But I want to read to you John 14 because we've heard this verse uh, uh, talked about before. And, and so we, we think that because we've heard this verse that we, we understand what it's supposed to be. John 14, starting in verse 13, for, and it's 13 and 14 here. But John 14, 13 says this. It says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. And it says, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. It says in verse 14, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And this is where some of you, you want to go buy that lottery ticket and be like, uh, in Jesus' name. Mm, yeah. And uh, you think that that's going to work, right? Because you take this, this thing where it says, ask for it in my name and it will be given to you. And then you want to know why you didn't win the mega jackpot million, whatever it is. And you want to know why you didn't get your big payday out of it, right? And then we read, it gets kind of compounded, right? Because sometimes we read and we know scripture because we see in scripture amazing men and women that have prayed extraordinary things that have come true. We see that Joshua, you know, prayed for the sun to stand still for a whole day, and it did. We see that Daniel prayed to, to when he got thrown in the lion's den for them to go on a diet and for them not to eat him. And guess what? He survived. And then yet we see these examples in Scripture, and then you say, well, I prayed and nothing happened. Ah, what gives? What's up with that? You know, it, I, this happens to me all the time. My uh, In the early part of spring, I have a prayer that says, Lord, just please let the Orioles make it to the postseason. <laughs> and it never happens. It never happens. This is not going to happen anytime soon either. But we take time, right? We take time and we pray. We, and we, we really pray. And many times, this happens, serious things in our lives. We pray for serious stuff. We pray for people that are sick for loved ones. And guess what? They die. You know, we pray to conceive a child and we don't. We, we, we pray that the parents wouldn't get a divorce and they do. We, we pray that God wouldn't put us through these things. And guess what? It happens. And, and many times we say, what gives? You know, what is happening, God? I'm praying to you like I'm supposed to. I'm calling out to you. I, I, I don't understand why any of this stuff is happening in my life. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I want to I want to let you know there, there's a couple reasons, okay, and these are really really great to hold on to for for future reference if you want on why God doesn't answer my prayer or why my prayers don't get answered. And the first one is this, and this is going to sound really really weird to you, but the first one is this: is maybe 
Maybe it's because you have a broken relationship. Maybe you have a broken relationship that is causing there to be an issue between you and God. Because if you don't understand this, it says in Mark 11, verse 24, it says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you do, ask for in prayer. And it says, Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, this is Jesus saying this, he says, forgive them. It says, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. It's hard for us to be able to love God when we hate other people, when we have other issues in our life, when we have strife and relationships in our lives. It's hard for us to do that. It's hard for, for God to be able to hear that. It says in 1 Peter this, 1 Peter 3, 7. It says, husbands in the same way, uh, be considerate as you live with your wives. It says, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as the heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. It says, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Have a good relationship, husband and wives, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Something happens in our relationships, in our communication with God, when we have horrible relationships with the people around us. There's a breakdown there. And, and so we, we need to make sure that we are able to live in love, because if Jesus was certainly able to live in love with those around him, that should be our ultimate goal. And as we live through love and we reconcile with those people around you, and listen, that's not an easy task, is it? Sometimes it's not. Sometimes people have hurt you or you hurt them, and it is tough. It is for real tough. But guess what? In order for us to grow, in order for us to mature, and in order for us to take more of what God has in our own lives, we have to be able to take on the responsibility of making sure that we love those around us. The second thing is this. The second thing is this, and maybe this is going to start sounding a little bit more familiar to you about why God doesn't answer prayer, is this. Maybe you have the wrong motives. Maybe you have the wrong motives. How many of you have ever asked for something uh, for Christmas, or you thought about getting somebody something for Christmas, but it wasn't necessarily because it was what they wanted, it was because of what you wanted. You had the wrong motives. So it was a gift, but guess what? The gift wasn't really for them. It was really for you. We see in James 4, 3, it says, when you ask you do not receive because, what does it say? You ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasure. You know, this is where when you're young, you know, you pray for the cute girl to become a Christian so you can go on a date with her, right? Lord, help me win that lottery again. Lord, bless my business, you know, because if you bless my business, then I can give to the church and I can do all this other stuff. But just Lord, bless, bless my business. You know, praying for the promotion, you know, asking God to continually bless you when really it's, it's become, uh, the issue is, is the motives behind it. it. It's become a selfish desire for each and every one of us. And we've all, listen, we've all had times when we've done this, especially in our prayer life. We've all had times. You are not alone when you do this. Proverbs 16, 2, it says, uh, all a man's ways seem innocent to him. It says, but, but motives will be weighed by the Lord. God takes a look and he wants to understand what the motives and the desire are behind the prayer that we're asking. The next one is this. It says that maybe 
maybe one of the reasons your prayers don't get answers is because you don't believe God can actually do it. This one's a hard one, okay? Because we all, I think, really want deep down to believe that God can do everything, right? But there's some things that we pray for, I think, sometimes that just seems so big in our mind that just seems so just that un, unreachable, untouchable, that guess what? You, you're going to pray for it, but you're just not really sure if God can do it. It says in Mark 9, chap, Mark chapter 9, verses 22 and 23, says this. It says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. It says, if you can, said Jesus. But then he continues on there and he says that what? Everything is possible for him who believes. Everything is possible for him who believes. Sometimes we, we, we throw that up to God. God, I, I, I pray if you can do this, you know, God, uh, we, can you, maybe, I, I don't know, are you, are you strong enough? Are you powerful enough to do it? And here's the real question I think we have to kind of ask if we struggle sometimes with believing that God can do something in our lives. And here's the real question we've got to ask, is that if we believe that Jesus Christ came and he lived on this earth, and he died for each one of us, and if we believe that when we made that prayer, that confession to him about what we've done in our past, if we believe these things, and that we believe that when we die, we're going to go to heaven, if we can believe all of those things in order, then we should certainly be able to believe that anything else that we encounter that God can deal with it. Because let me tell you, it takes a pretty big leap of faith to actually believe that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. Doesn't it? It, it, it takes faith to do that. It takes, it takes faith for you to be able to step out and do that. Faith plays a huge part uh, in, in, in what we really believe that God is possible, what we believe about God is possible and he can do. Now here is the, the last one, okay? The fourth one. And, and this is the most important one, okay? This is the most important one for us to understand is that this, why doesn't God answer our prayers sometimes? Because sometimes God has something different in mind. Sometimes God has something different in mind. Here's what's really, really, really important. This is so important. We have to believe that when we pray, we have to believe that when we seek God and we petition God, to, no matter what the issue is, we still have to believe that God's will is better than ours. That God's will means more than ours. So that if you're going to pray for something and you, you know, whatever it is, you, you pick the item, no matter what it, what it is, whatever you pray for, one of the things that I always kind of ha have a, a running thing happening in my mind is that whenever I pray for anything or anyone, I say, God, this is my, this is my petition. This is my plea, Father God. This is, this is what I'm praying for. But Lord God, help me to understand and help me to be okay if you have something different in mind. If you have something different in mind from, from what, what we're, what I'm praying for right now, what I'm petitioning on, if, if you have a more, you have the perfect will, right? You have the perfect way, God. And if that's the case, Lord, help me to understand it and help me to see it. Because I believe that there's so many times that we get so dis, dis, disgruntled and dismayed when God doesn't show up because he doesn't show up in the way we thought he was going to show up or he doesn't do what we thought he should do. But we only see a very, very narrow part of the picture and God gets to see the entire thing. It says this in 1 John chapter 5 
it says, this is my confidence we have in approaching God. It says that if we ask anything according to His will, that is so key, according to His will, that He hears us. And in verse 15 it says, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. We understand that if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And as long as it's in his will, guess what? You have no problem to find out that God is going to show up and he's going to deliver. He's going to show up. You get to name it, claim it, proclaim it, stomp on it, put the seal of approval, whatever else you want to, uh, whatever else you want to understand about it. But you get to claim that. You get to stand on that. Paul says repeatedly that my grace is sufficient for you, for, for his grace, for God's grace to be sufficient. So listen, the next time you're praying for the house to help me get a job, to help me marry uh, this person, or, 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 or whatever it is that, you, that you're praying for at any particular time, help to understand, listen, that yes, God may know everything. Yes, God is all-powerful, and he, he knows everything, but that does not mean that we just shut down the line of communication between us. That doesn't mean that things can't happen, that God can't show up and he can't do something extraordinary. That doesn't mean that you can't be healed. You can be healed. I've seen healings. I've also seen people not be healed that we prayed for. I've also seen that. And I listen, I, I, I don't have the greatest understanding, Right? I don't, I don't have all the answers. Listen, one day, my mom showed up. I seen her. Said, see you later, all that. And the next thing I know, I got a call in the middle of the night. She had a stroke in the middle of the night. She was gone. I don't, I don't know. It don't make sense. But here's the thing that I had to come to the conclusion about. That it wasn't about my will or my own happiness or my own desire. That I can trust that God has a bigger plan and a bigger picture happening. What do I believe about prayer? I, I believe that prayer does work. I believe that when we pray, it helps to remind me that I'm not in control. <laughs> Sometimes we think we're in control of stuff, but we, we really find out that when we pray, guess what? It totally relinquishes the fact that we understand we have very little control over anything. Over anything at all. Prayer reminds me I'm not in control, but guess what? I get to stay close to the one that is. I get to stay close to God in, through my prayer. And I, the last thing I, I, and this is something that God has been kind of working with me for years and years over, is that prayer is not so much about what I want and my own wants and my own desires, right? But that prayer has become so much more about what He wants and what He wants to show me and what God is expecting from me, and what God is really looking at as he sees the bigger picture, how it plays out in my life, and how I can understand it. Daniel. Daniel's a great book. It's got a lot of great stuff in it. And we know that Daniel, we had, Daniel was with the lions, then we had his friends uh, Shadmach, Meshach, and Abednego that got thrown into the furnace. We, we've got all these great things that happen in Daniel that, that really deal with faith, right? And understanding God's will and his purpose. And in Daniel chapter 3, in verses 17 and 18, he says this. He says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, 
It says, the God we serve is able, he is able to save us from it. It says, and he will rescue us. And then it continues on if you read there. It says, but even if he doesn't, we will not serve your gods. Even if he doesn't. They said, listen, we know that my God is able to save me from the circumstances that I'm going through. But even if he doesn't, I still believe he's able. I still believe in him. I still believe in the power that God has. I believe that God can and I believe that he will. Even if he doesn't, guess what? We still believe. That is really what it all comes down to, isn't it? When we talk about our Christian faith and our Christian walk is believing and having that faith. I wonder if you would stand with me this morning as we close. The worship team is going to start. Hey, thanks for checking out Discover Church's podcast this week. You're listening to Pastor Curtis Jones as we dive into week three of how to live through a bad day. And if you've not done it already, be sure to mark your calendar. Believe it or not, Easter is just a few weeks away. We're having a great time planned out along with an egg hunt for all kids ages zero to fifth grade. We hope to see you there.